Welcome to tonight's Zoomcast on receiving Christ and the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon, a land of promise and the fullness of God's wrath. We'll start in Ether chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And now I, Moroni, proceed to give an account of those ancient inhabitants who were destroyed by the hand of the Lord upon the face of this north country. And I take mine account from the 20 and 4 plates, which were found by the people of Limhi, which is called the book of Ether. Now, you know, verse 1 is an indication of the geography of the Book of Mormon, uh, this North country, which actually refers to North America. And verses 33 through 43, which Jared came forth with his brothers and their families, with some others and their families from the great tower at the time the Lord confounded the language of the people. And swore in his wrath that they should be scattered upon all the face of the earth. And according to the word of the Lord, the people were scattered. And the brother of Jared being a large and mighty man, and a man highly favored of the Lord, Jared, his brother, said unto him, Cry unto the Lord, that he will not confound us, that we may not understand our words. And it came to pass that the brother of Jared did cry unto the Lord, and the Lord had compassion upon Jared. Therefore, he did not confound the language of Jared, and Jared and his brothers were not confounded. Then Jared said unto his brother, Cry again unto the Lord, and it may be that he will turn away his anger from them who are our friends, that he confound not their language. And it came to pass that the brother of Jared did cry unto the Lord, and the Lord had compassion upon their friends and their families also, that they were not confounded. And it came to pass that Jared spake unto his brothers, saying, Go and inquire of the Lord whither he will drive us out of the land. And if he will drive us out of the land, cry unto him whether we shall go. And who knoweth, but the Lord will carry us forth into a land which is choice above all the earth. Certainly, Jared had access to revelation from the Lord. And if it so be, let us be faithful unto the Lord, that we may receive it for our inheritance. And it came to pass that the brother of Jared did cry unto the Lord according to that which had been spoken by the mouth of Jared. And it came to pass that the Lord did hear the brother of Jared and had compassion upon him and said unto him, Go, go to and gather thy flocks, both male and female of every kind, and also the seed of the earth of every kind, and thy families, and also Jared thy brother and his family, and also thy friends and their families, and the friends of Jared and their families. And when thou hast done this, thou shalt go at the head of them down into the valley, which is northward. And there will I meet thee, and I will go before thee into a land which is choice above all the lands of the earth. And there will I bless thee and thy seed, and raise up unto me of thy seed, and of the seed of thy brother, and they who shall go with thee a great nation. And there shall be none greater than the nation which I will raise up unto me of thy seed, upon all the face of the earth. And thus will I do unto thee, because this long time ye have cried unto me. Chapter 2, verse 1. 
And it came to pass that Jared and his brother and their families, and also the friends of Jared and his brother, and their families went down into the valley, which was northward. And the name of the valley was Nimrod, being called after the mighty hunter. And their flocks, which they had gathered together, male and female of every kind. And verse 4. And it came to pass when they had come down into the valley of Nimrod, the Lord came down and talked with the brother of Jared. And he was in a cloud. And the brother of Jared saw him not. And it came to pass that the Lord commanded them that they should go forth into the wilderness. Yea, into that quarter where there never had been man. And it came to pass that the Lord did go before them and did talk with them as he stood in a cloud and gave directions whither they should travel. And it came to pass that they did travel in the wilderness and did build barges in which they did cross many waters, being directed continually by the hand of the Lord. And the Lord would not suffer that they should stop beyond the sea in the wilderness, but he would that they should come forth even unto the land of promise, which was choice above all other lands, which the Lord God had preserved for a righteous people. And he had sworn in his wrath unto the brother of Jared that whoso should possess this land of promise from that time henceforth and forever should serve him, the true and only God, and they should be swept off when the fullness of his wrath should come upon them. Now, it's important to understand that the same land of promise that the Lord brought the brother of Jared and their families to is North America. And the same requirements that applied to the brother of Jared and his civilization and the Nephites and their civilization also apply to us, the United States of America and our civilization. So again, in verse eight, and he had sworn in his wrath unto the brother of Jared, that whoso should possess this land of promise from that time, henceforth and forever, which includes our time, should serve him the true and only God, or they should be swept off when the fullness of his wrath should come upon them. And we'll soon find out that this is Jesus Christ speaking. And now we can behold the decrees of God concerning this land, that it is a land of promise, and whatsoever nation shall possess it shall serve God, or they shall be swept off when the fullness of his wrath shall come upon them. And the fullness of his wrath cometh upon them when they are ripened in iniquity. For behold, this is a land which is choice above all other lands. Wherefore, he that doth possess it shall serve God or shall be swept off. For it is the everlasting decree of God. And it is not until the fullness of iniquity among the children of the land that they are swept off. Something that you might want to ask in your personal prayers is, Heavenly Father, how close are we to the fullness of iniquity that that cleansing and sweeping will begin? And this cometh unto you, O ye Gentiles, O ye members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that ye may know the decrees of God, that ye may repent and not continue in your iniquities. 
until the fullness come, that ye may not bring down the fullness of the wrath of God upon you as the inhabitants of the land have hitherto done. So what are the iniquities of the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that Moroni is warning us about? Otherwise, we will be involved in those who are swept off of this land. Second Nephi 28 is a good summary. For Nephi saw our day and spoke directly to us. Verse 21. And others will he pacify and load them away into carnal security. That they will say all is well in Zion. For we have vaccines and we will beat this pandemic. Yea, Zion prospereth. All is well and thus the devil cheateth their souls and leadeth them carefully down into hell. Verse 24, there will be unto him that is at ease in Zion. Woe be unto him that crieth all is well. Yea, woe be unto him that hearkeneth unto the precepts of men and denieth the power of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost. At the end of the King Follett Discourse, Joseph Smith said that during his 14-year ministry, the doctrine of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost was his central doctrine and I ask you, how long has it been since you have heard um, a discourse on what the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost really is? And what is the requirement to receive it? And how the leaders of the church met those requirements personally and their experience. They denieth the power of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is not received when we're confirmed a member of the church. Verse 27. Yea, woe be unto him that saith, we have received and we need no more. This isn't talking about the non-Latter-day Saints who say we have a Bible and we certainly don't need a Book of Mormon. This is addressed specifically to the Latter-day Saints of our day who say that which we have received and we receive is sufficient and we need no more. Meaning we don't need personal revelation from God because everything that we need, we get from the pronouncements of our leaders, including what is spoken at general conference. And in fine, woe to all those who tremble and are angry because of the truth of God for behold, he that is built upon the rock receiveth it with gladness. And he that is built upon a sandy foundation trembleth, lest he shall fall. The rock is Jesus Christ and revelation. And this is a litmus test. <clears throat> when the truth of the fullness of the gospel is declared, that we must repent, be baptized with water, enter into the covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is not received at confirmation into the LDS church that we might then access the instruction, which will enable us to enter into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory in this life. When we declare those things, those who are angry because of the truth 
are built upon a sound foundation. Those who receive the truth with gladness are built upon the rock. When the warning cry is sounded that this COVID vaccination is a death sentence and part of the mark of the beast, do people get angry because of what they have been told by state and ecclesiastical leaders? Or do they hearken to the voice of the spirit, which is warning every man and woman not to get it for the consequences are dire. Woe be unto him that shall say we have received the word of God and we need no more the word of God for we have enough for the terms of the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, which is the requirement to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, can only be received by revelation. And if we believe that we have received all we need and all the revelation that we need comes from the top down, and we never receive the specific requirements from the Lord about what he would have us do to come into a broken heart and contrite spirit, then we have fulfilled this prophecy. We need no more the word of God, for we have enough. For behold, thus saith the Lord God, I will give unto the children of men line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little, and blessed are those who hearken unto my precepts, and lend an ear unto my counsel, for they shall learn wisdom, for unto him that receiveth I will give more. And from them that shall say we have enough, from them shall be taken away even that which they have. Cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm, or shall hearken unto the precepts of men, save their precepts shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, I talked to a gentleman this week who was newly returned um, as being a, a mission president, and we discussed the parable of the redemption of Zion, that Joseph Smith only had the opportunity to lay the foundation of the restoration, but that we rejected the fullness. The fullness take, was taken from us. We were demoted to the preparatory gospel, but that Joseph returns to finish the restoration, to gather out the strength of the Lord's house and lead an end time exodus of the strength of the Lord's house to establish new Jerusalem. And to commence the marvelous work and a wonder, the gathering of Israel from the four corners of the earth in final preparation for the return of Jesus Christ in his glory. And he received all of that with gladness. Um, however, when we came to the requirement that we take the Holy Spirit as our guide, therefore we find the truth and are not deceived. He said, if RMN told me to do anything, even jump off a cliff, I would immediately do it. And I asked him, even if the spirit did not bear witness that that's what you were to do? And he said, yes. Even if the spirit told you that that was the wrong thing to do, and he said that would be impossible. Well, one of the tests of the Latter-day Saints is being able to discern the difference between 
one who speaks by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, and those who do not, regardless of their title. Cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm, or shall hearken unto the precepts of men. Save their precepts shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. Does God expect us to receive with gladness all words that are spoken by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost? Yes, he does. Even if they're spoken by a man or a woman. What he does not expect us to receive with gladness is those words which are not spoken by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, regardless of political or ecclesiastical um, position. Verse 32. Woe be unto the latter-day saints, Gentiles, saith the Lord God of hosts, for notwithstanding I shall lengthen out mine arm unto them from day to day, they will deny me. And how do we deny Christ? Well, we've just been given a laundry list. We deny the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. We deny the need for personal revelation to instruct us specifically on how to come into a broken heart and contrite spirit that we might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then afterward, to then be instructed about what is required of us to part the veil and enter into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory. We rely upon the words of men who do not speak by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, and we reject those who do. They will deny me. Nevertheless, I will be merciful unto them, saith the Lord God, if they will repent and come unto me. For mine arm is lengthened out all the day long, saith the Lord God of hosts. And Book of Mormon Prophets recapitulate this message to the Gentiles or to the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints over and over and over throughout the pages of the Book of Mormon. And how are we to repent and come unto Christ? We're to enter into the new and everlasting covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit that we might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're to hearken to the voice of the Spirit. Or to reject all of the words by men who speak not by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. Back in Ether chapter 2. Verse 11. And this cometh unto you, O ye members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Gentiles, that ye may know that the decrees of God, that they may repent and not continue in your iniquities until the fullness come that ye may not bring down the fullness of the wrath of God upon you as the inhabitants of the land have hitherto done for in verse eight, it says, or they should be swept off when the fullness of his wrath should come upon them. Verse 12, behold, this is a choice land. And whatsoever nation shall possess it shall be free from bondage and from captivity and from all other nations under heaven. There are no other nations that fit this description. If they will but serve the God of the land, who is Jesus Christ, 
who hath been manifest by the things which have been written. And now I proceed with my record. For behold, it came to pass that the Lord did bring Jared and his brethren forth, even to that great sea, which divideth the lands. And as they came to the sea, they pitched their tents, and they called the name of the place Moriankamer. And they dwelt in tents and dwelt in tents upon the seashore for the space of four years. And it came to pass that at the end of four years, that the Lord came again unto the brother of Jared and stood in a cloud and talked with him. For the space of three hours did the Lord talk with the brother of Jared and chastened him because he remembered not to call upon the name of the Lord. And the brother of Jared repented of the evil which he had done. And he did call upon the name of the Lord for his brethren who were with him. And the Lord said unto him, I will forgive thee and thy brethren of their sins, but thou shalt not sin any more. For ye shall remember that my spirit will not always strive with man. Wherefore, if ye will sin until ye are fully ripe, ye shall be cut off from the presence of the Lord. And these are my thoughts upon the land, which I shall give unto you for your inheritance. For it shall be a land choice above all other lands. And so we need to also examine our own lives. And how often do we cry out unto the Lord? which is more than saying a rote prayer. And the Lord said, go to work and build after the manner of barges, which ye have hitherto built. And it came to pass that the brother of Jared did go to work and also his brother and built barges after the manner which they had built according to the instructions of the Lord. And they were small and they were light upon the water, even like unto the lightness of a fowl upon the water. And verse 18, and it came to pass that the brother of Jared cried unto the Lord, saying, O Lord, I have performed the work which thou hast commanded me, and I have made the barges according as thou hast directed me. And behold, O Lord, in them there is no light. Whither shall we steer? And also we shall perish in them we cannot breathe, save it is the air which is in them, therefore we shall perish. And the Lord said unto the brother of Jared, Behold, thou shalt make a hole in the top and also in the bottom. And when thou shalt suffer for air, thou shalt unstop the hole and receive the air. And if it so be that the water come in upon thee, behold, ye shall stop the hole, that ye may not perish in the flood. And it came to pass that the brother of Jared did, did so, according to as the Lord had commanded. And he cried again unto the Lord, saying, O Lord, behold, I have done even as thou hast commanded me. And I have prepared the vessels for my people. And behold, there is no light in them. Behold, O Lord, wilt thou suffer that we shall cross this great water in darkness? And may I submit that this is an example of what it means to exercise faith. For faith is seeking after, receiving, and acting on revelation. The belief and trust, which is what we usually define faith as, is actually hope. This is the exercise of faith. And the Lord said unto the brother of Jared, What will ye that I should do, that ye may have light in your vessels? For behold, ye cannot have windows, for they will be dashed in pieces. Neither can ye take fire with you, for ye shall not go by the light of fire. Now, here's another principle. When it is possible 
the Lord requires us to study things out first in our mind and come to a conclusion and then take our conclusion to the Lord to see if it be right. And if it be right, he will make it known unto us. And if it be wrong, he will make it known unto us. And he expects us to adjust our actions accordingly. For behold, ye shall be as a whale in the midst of the sea. For the mountain wave shall dash upon you. Nevertheless, I will bring you up again out of the depths of the sea. For the winds have gone forth out of my mouth, and also the rains and the floods have I sent forth. And behold, I prepare you against these things. For ye cannot cross this great deep, save I prepare you against the waves of the sea. And the winds which have gone forth, and the floods which shall come. Therefore, what will ye that I should prepare for you? that ye may have light when ye are swallowed up in the depths of the sea. Chapter three, there is another principle of the Lord that is outlined in ether chapter two. And that is the principle of a time appointed. If we go back to verses eight and nine, the Lord had preserved this land for a righteous people. And he had sworn with his wrath unto the brother of Jared that whoso would possess this land of promise from that time henceforth and forever should serve him, the true and only God, or they should be swept off when the fullness of his wrath should come upon them. So implicit in the fullness of his wrath coming upon them is that there is a time, a probationary period appointed for a people to enter into covenant with their God and to repent and return. And that that period of time is not an indefinite period. Let's cross-reference DNC 84. Verses 23 through 26. Now this Moses plainly taught to the children of Israel in the wilderness and sought diligently to sanctify his people that they might behold the face of God. But they hardened their hearts and could not endure his presence. Therefore the Lord in his wrath, for his anger was kindled against them, swore that they should not enter into his rest while in the wilderness, which rest is the fullness of his glory. Therefore he took Moses out of their midst and the holy priesthood also. And the lesser priesthood continued, which priesthood holdeth the key of the ministering of angels and the preparatory gospel. The Lord gave the children of Israel under Moses a specific period of time to enter into covenant with him. Now, what was the covenant that he extended to them that he expected them to enter into? Well, It's that covenant which sanctifies a man, a woman, or a people preparatory to entering into the rest of the Lord. Or in other words, the new and everlasting covenant in the Book of Mormon, which Christ declares in 3 Nephi 9 verse 20. And a covenant with God is comprised of two parts. An oath which man gives God, and an oath which God gives back to man. And the oath which God... And the oath which God gives man to offer up unto him is the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, which at a bare minimum requires placing everything upon the altar. And specifically, 
to receive the terms of that sacrifice by revelation, to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is God's oath back to man. That is the covenant which and the opportunity that God had extended to the children of Israel under Moses, and also the covenant and opportunity that the Lord extended to the Latter-day Saints under Joseph Smith. And there was a set period of time for them to comply with the requirements of the covenant, otherwise incurring scourge and judgment. But they hardened their hearts and could not endure his presence. Therefore, the Lord swore in his wrath that they should not enter into his rest while in the wilderness, which rest is the fullness of his glory. So this, the new covenant is designed to bring God's people into his presence in the fullness of his glory in this life. And it's accomplished through the new and everlasting covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then continuing. Um, you know, Nephi terms it enduring to the end that we might be instructed about how to enter into Christ's presence in his glory in this life. And just as the children of Israel rejected this covenant under Moses, how many accounts do we have of the early saints entering into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory, which is more than to have a vision of Jesus Christ, which is more than to have Christ come down and visit them on this earth, like he did with the Nephites, like he did with the 12 apostles. It is to have an ascension experience. That is what it means to enter into the rest of the Lord. Like Moses in Moses 1 and Nephi in 1 Nephi chapter 11, to ascend up to the high mountain, not the earthly mountain, but the heavenly mountain or the seventh heaven, and come into Christ's presence in his glory and to be instructed directly by him. So one page later in DNC 84, we find that the Latter-day Saints are following the same path as the children of Israel under Moses who before them rejected the new and everlasting covenant, they hardened their hearts, would not offer up broken hearts and contrite spirits. Verse 54 in DNC 84. And your minds in time past have been darkened because of unbelief and because you have treated lightly the things that you have received, which vanity and unbelief have brought the whole church under condemnation. And this condemnation resteth upon the children of Zion, even all. And they shall remain under this condemnation until they repent and remember the new covenant. Even in the Book of Mormon, there was a scribal error in the original um, recording of this revelation. And the word in was left out. And it changes everything. The new covenant in the Book of Mormon is that of a broken heart and contrite spirit in receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Since a covenant is, a, is two oaths, one by man, one by God. The Book of Mormon can't be the new covenant, but the new covenant is contained within the Book of Mormon. And verse 58 proves that out. 
and the former commandments, which I have given them not only to say, but to do according to that, which I have written. Well, the former commandments being in DNC 20 and DNC 22, to talk about a new and everlasting covenant, even the full covenant of baptism, to offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit, re- repent, receive baptism by water and baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is the full new and everlasting covenant. And although the saints had received baptism by water, because they refused to offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit, they were not receiving the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Verse 58, that they may bring forth fruit meat for their father's kingdom. Now, scripture often talks about bringing forth good fruit in allegory and parable. And in almost every instance, good fruit is that a people are receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, therefore becoming Christ's sons and his daughters. And therefore, Christ is able to lay up unto that fruit unto himself. That they may bring forth fruit meat for their father's kingdom by repenting in return, receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, there remaineth a scourge and a judgment to be poured out upon the children of Zion. Now, this is the endowment of power for which the Kirtland and Nauvoo temples were built, that the saints might do what was required of them to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, but they still would not, by and large. Verse 59, for shall the children of the kingdom pollute my holy land, verily I say unto you, nay. And we're told that if they did not repent and return, that they would go from condemnation to scourge and judgment. And that's exactly what happened. The fullness of the gospel was taken from us in 1834. Christ took his name out of the church. We're demoted to the preparatory gospel, just like the children of Israel under Moses. The Melchizedek priesthood was taken from all those who were not part of the holy order, the Holy Order never included Brigham Young, John Taylor, Wilford Woodruff, Eversy Kimball, um, who from that point, from 1834 onward, only ever had Aaronic priesthood. And in DNC 124, again, we have this concept of a period of time is being given to repent and return. Otherwise, there are consequences to be incurred. You know, just as in 1832, there was a probationary period granted to repent and return of two years. At the end of that grace period, we incurred covenant curse. Christ took his name out of the church. We were demoted to the preparatory gospel. But... There are different degrees of that scourge and judgment. And still God gave us chance after chance after chance to repent and return and receive everything back that had been taken from us, including the fullness of the priesthood or the Melchizedek priesthood. Verse 28 in DNC 124. 
For there is not a place found on earth that he may come to and restore again that which was lost unto you or which he hath taken away, even the fullness of the priesthood. But I command you, all ye my saints, to build a house unto me, and I grant unto you a sufficient time to build a house unto me. Again, we have reference to a specific time frame. And during this time, your baptism shall be acceptable unto me. But behold, at the end of this appointment, at the end of the time frame, your baptisms for your dead shall not be acceptable unto me. And if you do not these things at the end of the appointment, ye shall be rejected as a church with your dead. Thus saith the Lord your God. So at the end of this time frame, if we didn't repent and return, which was to be symbolized by completing the Nauvoo temple in the time allotted, we were to stand reject as a church with our dead. Verse 33, for verily I say unto you that after you have had a sufficient time, again, the reference to a specific time period to build a house unto me, wherein the ordinance of baptizing for the dead belongeth, and for which the same was instituted before the foundation of the world, your baptisms for your dead cannot be acceptable unto me. Now, we cross-reference in DNC 45, verses 1 and 2. Again, we have this concept of there is a space provided, an appointed time, a beginning and an end to a time of probation. Hearken, O ye people of my church. And like much of the doctrine and covenants, um, which in reality speaks not primarily to those during Joseph Smith's first ministry, but to his second, but in the time in which we now live. And this will be proved out in the next verse. Hearken, O ye people of my church, to whom the kingdom has been given, or to those who have awakened and arisen and have been instructed about the doctrine of Christ. Hearken ye and give ear to him who laid the foundation of the earth, who made the heavens and the earth, all the host thereof, and by whom all things were made, which live and move and have a being. And again, I say, hearken unto my voice, lest death shall overtake you. In an hour when ye think not, the summer shall be past. And the harvest ended and your souls not saved. Now, this summer period is also referred to in Scripture as the fullness of the times of the Gentiles. And that is marked with Joseph Smith opening again the heavens, which he has done. So it is again possible to enter into the new covenant and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then enter into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory. But... The Lord wants us to understand that this period of the fullness of the time of the Gentiles or this summer season is of a specific duration. And that if we procrastinate the day of our repentance, if we procrastinate what is required of us to enter into the new covenant, the summer shall be passed, the harvest ended, and your souls not saved. Verse 28, and when the time of the Gentiles is come in, 
again. That happened under Joseph Smith's second ministry when he opened again the heavens. A light shall break forth among them that sit in darkness, and it shall be the fullness of my gospel. Those that sit in darkness, in addition to the inhabitants of the whole earth, are specifically the Latter-day Saints, because they had no knowledge of the new and everlasting covenant, even though it's in our scriptures. And it was not possible um, to fully enter into that covenant, even if it had been known. So we sat in darkness. But stock, talking about the Latter-day Saints collectively, but not individually. But they receive it not. For they perceive not the light. And they turn their hearts from me because of the precepts of men. An example of this is the email that went out last Monday, encouraging to trust in government authorities and in medical authorities to get the vaccine. And in that generation, shall the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled? Well, what does that mean that the time of the Gentiles shall be fulfilled? In DNC 101, we read that after the return of Joseph Smith, we will have the separation of wheat and tares from among the Latter-day Saints. And the wheat will be gathered into the garners to receive eternal life, or in other words, to be gathered out on an end-time exodus to go to New Jerusalem and to establish New Jerusalem, while the tares, their bands shall be made strong, that they may be burned with unquenchable fire. But they receive it not, for they perceive not the light, and they turn their hearts from me because of the precepts of men. And in that generation shall the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And there shall be men standing in that generation that shall not pass until they shall see an overflowing scourge for a desolating sickness shall cover the land. And this COVID-19 vaccine is part of that desolating scourge and desolating sickness that shall cover the land. But my disciples shall stand in holy places and shall not be moved but among the wicked men shall lift up their voices and curse God and die. And there shall be earthquakes also in diverse places and many desolations yet men will heart will harden their hearts against me and they will take up the sword one against another and they will kill one another. And we see the stage for this scenario being set up right now. And it will not be many years hence that we will experience all these things. Now in DNC 112, verses 24 through 26. And upon my house shall it begin, and from my house shall it go forth, saith the Lord. Now, um, a lot of people have interpreted this as in one of the LDS temples. Um, but DNC 101 defines the Lord's house as the membership of the church. 
So, and upon the membership of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints shall it begin. And from the membership of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints shall it go forth, saith the Lord. First among those among you, saith the Lord, who have professed to know my name and have not known me. Or in other words, draw near to God with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. Those who are fig trees with leaves, but no fruit. And have blasphemed against me in the midst of my house, saith the Lord. Or in other words, have declared to have power and authority to act in the name of God, knowing full well that they do not. Now, a cross-reference. DNC 101. In verse 55, we have the return of the Lord's end time servant, Joseph Smith Jr., and the servants. And they're given the commission to go and gather the residue of my servants, uh, take the strength of my house, which are my warriors, my young men, they that are of middle age, also among my servants, where the strength of my house save those only whom I've appointed to tarry. Verse 57, therefore get ye straightway unto my land, break down the walls of mine enemies, throw down their tower, and scatter their watchmen. And inasmuch as they gather together against you, avenge me of mine enemies, that by and by I may come with the residue of my house and possess the land. So this charge that Joseph and the end time servants are given in their second commission is to break down the walls of the enemy break down the tower and scatter their watchmen. This goes back to what we just read in DNC 112. And upon my house shall it begin, and from my house shall it go forth, saith the Lord. First among those among you, saith the Lord, who have professed to know my name and have not known me and have blasphemed against me in the midst of my house, saith the Lord. And I will leave it to your imagination who is being talked about back to ether chapter three verse one. And it came to pass that the brother of Jared. Now the number of the vessels, which had been prepared was eight went forth unto the Mount, which they called the Mount Shalem because of its exceeding height and it molten out of a rock, 16 small stones. And they were white and clear, even as transparent glass. And they did carry them in his and he did carry them in his hands upon the top of the mount and cried again unto the Lord saying, O Lord, thou hast said that we must be encompassed about by the floods. Now behold, O Lord, and do not be angry with thy servant because of his weakness before thee. For we know that thou art holy and dwellest in the heavens and that we are unworthy before thee because of the fall of our natures have become evil continually. Nevertheless, O Lord, thou hast given us a commandment that we must call upon thee that from thee we may receive according to our desires. So again, we have evidence that the brother of Jared, you know, has repented for not often enough calling upon the Lord. And this also should serve to us as a template about how we take things before the Lord. It's not a rote prayer that we say the same words, you know, every day, but the brother of Jared is presenting his case before the Lord as would an attorney before a judge. 
Verse three, behold, O Lord, thou hast smitten us because of our iniquity and hast driven us forth. And for these many years, we have been in the wilderness. Nevertheless, thou hast been merciful unto us. O Lord, look upon me in pity and turn away thine anger from this thy people and suffer not that they shall go forth across this raging deep in darkness. But behold, these things which I have molten out of the rock. And I know, O Lord, that thou hast all power and can do whatsoever thou wilt for the benefit of man. Therefore, touch these stones, O Lord, with thy finger and prepare them that they may shine forth in darkness and they shall shine, shine forth unto us in the vessels which we have prepared, that we may have light while we shall cross the sea. Behold, O Lord, thou canst do this. We know that thou art able to show forth great power, which looks small unto the understanding of men. And as he's going through the process of exercising faith, presenting his case before the Lord as an attorney, uh, he is also exercising hope. And we must combine hope with faith, which is the belief and trust. We know that thou canst do this. We know that thou art able to show forth great power. And verse six, and it came to pass that when the brother of Jared had said these words, behold, the Lord stretched forth his hand and touched the stones one by one with his finger. And the veil was taken off the eyes of the brother of Jared. And he saw the finger of the Lord. And it was as the finger of a man, like unto flesh and blood. And the brother of Jared fell down before the Lord, for he was struck with fear. And the Lord saw that the brother of Jared had fallen to the earth. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, why hast thou fallen? And he saith unto the Lord, I saw the finger of the Lord, and I feared lest he should smite me, for I knew not that the Lord had flesh and blood. And the Lord said unto him, Because of thy faith thou hast seeing that I shall take upon me flesh and blood and never has man come before me with such exceeding faith as thou hast for were it not. So ye could not have seen my finger sawest thou more than this. And he answered, nay, Lord show thyself unto me. Now the brother of Jared is going through the process of once one has received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, to be instructed sufficiently about how to part the veil and come into Christ's presence in his glory. And the full account of what happened is not contained in our current record, but is contained in the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon. And part of what is left out is the ascension experience that the brother of Jared has just like Moses as he is upon this mountain top he is taken then up to the high mountain or the seventh heaven and the Lord said unto him believest thou to the words which I shall speak and he answered yea Lord I know that thou speakest the truth for thou art a God of truth and canst not lie. And when he had said these words, behold, the Lord showed himself unto him and said, because thou knowest these things, ye are redeemed from the fall. Therefore, ye are brought back into my presence. And this is a key phrase. Ye are brought back. This was more 
than Christ coming down and visiting the brother of Jared on this earth. The brother of Jared was brought back into his presence in the seventh heaven. Therefore, you are brought back into my presence. Therefore, I show myself unto you. Verse 14. Behold, I am he who was prepared from the foundation of the world to redeem my people. Behold, I am Jesus Christ. I am the father and the son. In me shall all mankind have life. And that eternally, even they who shall believe on my name, they shall become my sons and my daughters. Now, in the garden of Gethsemane, Christ pled for those whom the father had and would give him out of the world, that they might be one with him, him and one with the father. So who are those whom the father has given Christ out of the world? Specifically, those who become his sons and his daughters through the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Again, halfway through verse 14, I am the father and the son. In me shall all mankind have life. And that eternally, even they who shall believe on my name, believing on Christ's name, what that really means is entering into covenant with him. The covenant which he gives unto us a broken heart and contrite spirit to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is how we become his sons and his daughters. Now, let's cross-reference. Third Nephi, chapter 9, part of verse 17 and part of verse 20. And as many as have received me, notice that received me is synonymous with the phrase, those who shall believe on me. Those who have received me to them have I given to become the sons of God. Even so will I to as many as shall believe on my name. Okay, again, in verse 17, we have um, the equating of believe on my name and receiving Christ, um, you know, as the same thing just as in the end of verse 14 in ether chapter three, those who shall believe on my name. Well, well, what does that mean? Well, Christ tells us in verse 20, and ye shall offer for a sacrifice unto me, a broken heart and contrite spirit. That is what it means to receive Christ. That is what it means to believe in Christ. And whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy ghost. And then in Mosiah chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. And now because of the covenant which ye have made, ye shall be called the children of Christ, his sons and his daughters. Okay, this covenant that King Benjamin is referring to is the new and everlasting covenant. And in chapters 4 and 5, his people are receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, because they have fully entered into this covenant which didn't begin with King Benjamin's address. It began years and years and years before that time. King Benjamin's address is, is simply the final piece 
that his people needed, which was given to King Benjamin by an angel that they might enter into that new and everlasting covenant with him and become his sons and daughters through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And now because of the covenant, Mosiah 5 verse 7, which ye have made, ye shall be called the children of Christ, his sons and his daughters. For behold, this day hath he spiritually begotten you. For you say that your hearts are changed through faith on his name. Therefore ye are born of him and have become his sons and his daughters. Baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And under this head ye are made free. And there is no other head whereby ye can be made free. There is no other name given whereby salvation cometh. Therefore, I would that ye should take upon you the name of Christ. While we may covenant that they were willing to take upon us the name of Christ, before the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, we can't actually take his name upon us until he extends it to us. And he does not extend his name to us until after he has pled our case before father and receives permission from father to adopt us as sons and daughters. Once that permission is granted, he may call us his sons and daughters. And then that familial relationship is cemented with the ordinance of baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy ghost. And under this head year made free. And there is no other head whereby ye can be made free. And there is no other name given whereby salvation cometh. Therefore, I would that you should take upon you the name of Christ. All you that have entered into covenant with God, that you should be obedient unto the end of your lives. Because after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you are obedient unto the end of your lives, you will be instructed sufficiently to enter into his rest, which rest is the fullness of his glory in this life. And now Mosiah 27, verses 24 through 27. For said he, I have repented of my sins. This is Alma the younger and have been redeemed of the Lord. Behold, I am born of the spirit. Being redeemed of the Lord and being born of the spirit are terms for what happens with the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the Lord said unto me, marvel not. That all mankind, yea, men and women and all nations, kindred tongues and peoples must be born again, yea, born of God, changed from their carnal and fallen state to a state of righteousness, being redeemed of God and becoming his sons and his daughters. There is no other path that leads back to Father except in and through his son, Jesus Christ, which means the new covenant and receiving the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. And thus they became new creatures, and unless they do this, they can in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. I say unto you, unless this be the case, they must be cast off, and this I know, because I was like to be cast off. You know, I met with, you know, uh, a bishop on Sunday, and, you know, we had the discussion about, you know, what the gospel of Jesus Christ is what the new and everlasting covenant is, what the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it was, it was a battle because um, he did not want to equate the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost with anything other than 
receiving a remission of one's sins through repentance and having a spiritual experience. But it is more than this. The baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, as is outlined in DNC 76, verse 52, is a priesthood ordinance that must be performed by a man on this side of the veil or the other who has received the, uh, who has both been ordained and sealed to the first order of Melchizedek priesthood, um, which ordaining is detailed in 3rd Nephi chapter 11, when Christ calls Nephi and the rest of the 12 disciples and gives them power to baptize the people with water. And then 3rd Nephi chapter 18, when he touches each one of them and seals that priesthood upon them and then gives them the commandment to go forth and to perform the ordinance of baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. And in DNC 11, verse 30, but verily, verily, I say unto you that as many as receive me, to them have I given, to them will I give the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on my name. So again, we have this parallelism between believing on the name of Jesus Christ, receiving Christ, that is the new covenant of broken heart and contrite spirit and receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and thus becoming sons and daughters of God. DNC 34, verse 3. Who so loved the world that he gave his own life, that as many as would believe might become the sons of God. So we have this concept that The major portion of Christ's atonement was specifically for those who would become his sons and daughters. A major portion of the atonement was the power by which one receives the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and becomes Christ's sons and daughters. While the atonement did overcome sin and death, that was only the first 25%. The next 75% was the power that Christ gave to extend his hand to us, that we might become his sons and daughters, and then enter into his rest, which rest is the fullness of his glory. Again, verse 3 in DNC 34 who so loved the world that he gave his own life that as many as would believe might become the sons of God. So DNC 34 verse three says that the major reason of the atonement of giving his own life was that men and women could become his sons and daughters through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy ghost. Third Nephi 1929. Father, I pray not for the world, but for those whom thou hast given me out of the world because of their faith. Now, what does that mean? Because of their faith that the Father has given them to Christ out of the world. Well, faith is seeking after receiving and acting on revelation. And that is the precise process of how we fully come to a broken heart and contrite spirit. 
It's not just being sad or disheveled. It is the process of exercising faith, receiving instruction about what is required, and then obeying the instruction of what is required to come unto Christ, or in other words, to come unto a broken heart and contrite spirit. Father, I pray not for the world, but for those whom thou hast given me out of the world. And again, Christ here is quoting words that he offered up in Gethsemane. And he is praying specifically for those who have become and those who will become his sons and his daughters. That they may be purified in me, that I may be in them, as thou, Father, art in me, that we may be one, that I may be glorified in them. So the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost is that first step in becoming one with Christ and one with the Father. DNC 35, verse 2. I am Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is crucified for the sins of the world, even as many as will believe on my name. So again, we have this concept that the major portion of the atonement was not about just overcoming sin and death for those who would never become his sons and daughters, although it does cover that. But the major portion of the atonement was to make it possible to become Christ's sons and daughters through the new covenant and the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. I am Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is crucified for the sins of the world, even as many as will believe on my name that they may become the sons of God, even one in me as I am in the Father, as the Father is in me, that we may be one. Again, we have this concept that we begin this process of becoming one with Christ and the Father through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. DNC 39, verses 4 through 6. But to as many as received me, received me, gave I power to become my sons. And even so will I give unto as many as will receive me power to become my sons. This was the endowment of power for which the Nauvoo and Kirtland temples were built, but which the saints collectively, but not necessarily individually rejected. And verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth my gospel receiveth me. And he that receiveth not my gospel receiveth not me. So that must mean that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the new and everlasting covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. The baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is the gospel. And yet, why don't we hear it preached in our churches today? Why don't we ever hear it testified of by our leaders today? And this is my gospel, verse 6. Repentance and baptism by water, and then cometh the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. Even the comforter, which showeth all things, and teacheth the peaceable things of the kingdom. DNC 45. Verses 1 through 6 and 8 through 10. 
Hearken, O ye people of my church, to whom the kingdom has been given. Hearken ye and give ear to him who laid the foundation of the earth, who made the heavens and all the host thereof, and by whom all things were made which live and move and have a being. And again I say, hearken unto my voice, lest death shall overtake you. In an hour when ye think not, the summer shall be past, the harvest ended, and your souls not saved. Listen to him who is the advocate with the Father, who is pleading your cause before him, saying, Father, behold the suffering and death of him who did no sin, in whom thou wast well pleased, behold the blood of thy Son, which was shed for the blood of him whom thou gavest, that thyself might be glorified. Again, Christ is instructing us that he is our advocate with the Father, that when we receive him, that when we come unto him, that when we demonstrate that we offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit because we have received the revelation and acted upon it, then he pleads our case before Father that he might adopt us as sons and daughters and that this was the major purpose of the atonement. Listen to him who is the advocate with the Father who is pleading your cause before him those who are to become Christ's sons and Christ's daughters saying, father, behold the sufferings and death of him who did no sin in whom thou wast well pleased. Behold the blood of thy son, which was shed the blood of him whom thou gavest that thy self might be glorified. Wherefore father spare these, my brethren that believe on my name, that they may come unto me and have everlasting life. Hearken, O ye people of my church. Ye elders, listen together and hear my voice while it is called today and harden not your hearts, which is the opposite of a broken heart and contrite spirit. I came unto mine own and mine own received me not, but unto as many as received me, received me broken heart and contrite spirit gave I power to do many miracles and to become the sons of God because I pled their case before father and even unto them that believed on my name gave I power to obtain eternal life. Now notice in this prayer offered by Jesus Christ to father, he also just as the brother of Jared was acting as an attorney before father laying out the case. So is Christ following a similar pattern as he pleads for those who are to become his sons and daughters as he pleads before father, our case verse nine. And even so I have sent my everlasting covenant, a new and everlasting covenant into the world to be a light to the world and to be a standard for my people and for the Gentiles and for the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to seek to it. Just being a member of the church doesn't mean that you have entered into this covenant or that you even know about it. In fact, it's only those who are humble followers of Christ who have that yearning to find the living God who discover this 
everlasting covenant, to be a light to the world and to be a standard for my people and for the Gentiles to seek to it and to be a messenger before my face to prepare the way before me. Now, this has reference to the return of Joseph Smith when the heavens would again be opened and the knowledge of this new and everlasting covenant would again be taught. And there would be a separation from the wheat and tares among the Gentiles or members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the commencement of an end-time exodus, when the knowledge of this new and everlasting covenant would then go forth to the rest of the earth to gather out Israel if they will enter into it and receive it, thus receiving Christ. Verse 10, wherefore come ye unto it, the new and everlasting covenant, and with him that cometh I will reason as with men in days of old. Or in other words, he will reveal to you the terms of this covenant that by hearkening to the voice of the Spirit, you might receive it. Verse 22 of DNC 76. And now after the many testimonies which have been given of him, this is the testimony last of all which we give of him. That he lives, for we saw him, even on the right hand of God. And we heard the voice bearing record that he is the only begotten of the Father. That by him and through him and of him, the worlds are and were created. And the inhabitants thereof are begotten sons and daughters unto God. Okay, so Christ is the creator of this earth. And the purpose of his atonement was that we might have the opportunity to become his sons and his daughters. That by him and through him and of him the worlds are and were created and the inhabitants thereof are begotten sons and daughters unto God. Moses 6, 64 through 68. And it came to pass that when the Lord had spoken with Adam, our father, that Adam cried unto the Lord and was caught away by the spirit of the Lord and was carried down into the water and was laid under the water and was brought forth out of the water. And thus he was baptized and the spirit of God descended upon him. And thus he was born of the spirit and became quickened in the inner man. This being born of the spirit, this having the spirit of God descend upon him, this being quickened in the inner man was the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And verse 65, and thus he was baptized by the spirit of, and thus he was baptized and the spirit of God descended upon him. And thus he was born of the spirit and became quickened in the inner man. And verse 66, and he heard a voice out of heaven saying, thou art baptized with fire and with the Holy Ghost. This is the record of the father and the son from henceforth and forever. And thou art after the order of him who was without beginning of days or end of years from all eternity to all eternity. Behold, thou art one in me a son of God, and thus may all become my sons. Amen. Ether 3, continuing in verse 15. 
And never have I showed myself unto man whom I have created. For never has man believed in me as thou hast. The brother of Jared may have been uh, the first man to receive the second comfort experience. To enter into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory. And once we understand the workings of eternity, once we understand um, what happens after one passes the test as a savior or wife of a savior and the creation of earths and preparing them for spirit children and then going to down to that earth and preparing physical bodies for them. Um, and the timeline of the life of the brother of Jared and who was on the earth um, and would have passed away not uh, too far before or who would have gone back up to heaven not too far before the brother of Jared came on the scene. One could understand how the brother of Jared could have been the first man to enter into the rest of the Lord. And as a hint, as a key that unlocks this mystery, I go to DNC 107. Verse 43, because he, Seth, was a perfect man, and his likeness was the express likeness of his father, insomuch that he seemed to be like unto his father in all things, and could only be distinguished from him only by his age. If one understands the mystery involved in the full meaning of this verse, then one can also understand how the brother of Jared could be the first to receive the second comforter. Verse 15, Ether 3. And never have I showed myself unto man whom I have created. For never has man believed in me as thou hast. Seest thou that ye are created after mine own image? Yea, even all men were created in the beginning after mine own image. Behold his body. Behold this body which ye now behold is the body of my spirit. And man have I created after the body of my spirit. And even as I appear unto thee to be in the spirit, will I appear unto my people in the flesh. And now as I Moroni said, I could not make a full account of these things, which are written. Therefore it suffices me to say that Jesus showed himself unto this man in the spirit, even after the manner and in the likeness of the same body, even as he showed himself unto the Nephites. And he ministered unto him, even as he ministered unto the Nephites and all this, that this man might know that he was God because of the many great works, which the Lord had showed unto him. And because of the knowledge of this man, he could not be kept from beholding within the veil. And he saw the finger of Jesus, which he saw which when he saw, he fell to the earth, for he knew that it was the finger of the Lord. 
and he had faith no longer, for he knew nothing doubting. Wherefore, having this perfect knowledge of God, he could not be kept from within the veil. Therefore, he saw Jesus, and he did minister unto him. And it came to pass that the Lord said unto the brother of Jared, Behold, thou hast not suffered. Thou shalt not suffer that these things which ye have seen and heard to go forth unto the world until the time cometh that I shall glorify my name in the flesh. Wherefore ye shall treasure up the things which ye have seen and heard and show it to no man. And behold, when ye shall come unto me, ye shall write them and shall seal them up that no man can interpret them. For ye shall write them in a language that they cannot be read. And behold, these two stones, which I give unto thee, and ye shall seal them up also with the things which ye shall write, the Urmum Thummim. For behold, the language which ye shall write, I have confounded. Wherefore, I will cause in mine own due time that these stones shall magnify to the eyes of men these things which ye shall write. And when the Lord said these words, he showed unto the brother of Jared all the inhabitants of the earth, which had been and also all that would be, and withheld them not from his sight, even unto the ends of the earth. For he had said unto him in times before, that if he would believe in him, that he could show unto him all things, it should be shown unto him. Therefore the Lord could not withhold anything from him, for he knew that the Lord could show him all things. And the Lord said unto him, write these things and seal them up, and I will show them in mine own due time unto the children of men. And it came to pass that the Lord commanded him that he should seal up the two stones which he had received, and show them not until the Lord should show them unto the children of men. Ether chapter 4. And the Lord commanded the brother of Jared to go down out from the mount, from the presence of the Lord. So the transfiguration ended and write the things which he had seen. And they were forbidden to come unto the children of men until after he should be lifted up upon the cross. And this cause, and for this cause, did King Mosiah keep them that they should not come unto the world until after Christ should show himself unto his people. Or in other words, when Christ visited the Nephi, the things which were written in the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon were given unto them. Verse 3, And now after that they have all dwindled in unbelief, and there is none save it be the Lamanites, and they have rejected the gospel of Christ. Therefore I am commanded that I should hide them up again in the earth. Behold, I have written upon these plates the very things which the brother of Jared saw. And there never were greater things made manifest than those which were made manifest unto the brother of Jared. Wherefore the Lord hath commanded me to write them. And I have written them, and he commanded me that I should seal them up. And he also commandeth that I should seal up the interpretation thereof. Wherefore I have sealed up the interpreters according to the commandments of the Lord. For the Lord said unto me, they shall not go forth unto the Gentiles until the day that they shall repent of their iniquity and become clean before me. So the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon doesn't go forth to the general membership of the LDS Church. It specifically goes forth to those who are members of the Church of the Firstborn, to those on the end-time exodus, 
that the 144,000 will minister to and help them ascend that next spiritual level to entering into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory as the brother of Jared did. And then they will receive the sealed portion of the book of Mormon. And then we find out in the next verse that just as Lehi's vision of the tree of life served as the catalyst for Nephi to have the vision of not only the tree of life, but of all things. So will receiving the sealed portion of the book of Mormon act as a catalyst to some who receive it to have the same vision that the brother of Jared saw. Verse seven, and in that day that they shall exercise faith in me, saith the Lord, even as the brother of Jared did, that they may become sanctified in me, then will I manifest unto them the things which the brother of Jared saw, even to the unfolding unto them all my revelations. Saith Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Father of the heavens and of the earth, and all things that in them are. And he that will contend against the word of the Lord, let him be accursed. And he that will deny these things, let him be accursed. For unto them will I show no greater things, saith Jesus Christ. For I am he who speaketh. And at my command, the heavens are opened and are shut. And at my word, the earth shall shake. And at my command, the inhabitants thereof shall pass away. Even so as by fire. Talking about the events that will be fulfilled in this generation. And he that believeth not my words, believeth not my disciples. And if it so be that I do not speak, judge ye, for ye shall know that it is I that speaketh at the last day. But he that believeth these things which I have spoken, him will I visit with the manifestations of my spirit. And he shall know and bear record, for because of my spirit he shall know that these are true, for it persuadeth men to do good. And whatsoever thing persuadeth men to do good is of me. For good cometh of none, save it be of me. I am the same that leadeth men to all good. He that will not believe, my words will not believe me, that I am, and that will not believe me, will not believe the Father who sent me. For behold, I am the Father, I am the light, and the life, and the truth of the world. Come unto me, O ye members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Gentiles, and I will show unto you the greater things, the knowledge which is hid up because of unbelief. Come unto me, O ye house of Israel, and it shall be made manifest unto you how great things the Father hath laid up for you from the foundation of the world, and it hath not come unto you because of unbelief. Behold, when ye shall rend that veil of unbelief which doth cause you to remain in your awful state of wickedness and hardness of heart and blindness of mind, then shall the great and marvelous things which have been hid up from, from the foundation of the world from you. Yea, when ye shall call upon the Father in my name with a broken heart and contrite spirit, then shall ye know that the Father hath remembered the covenant which he made unto your fathers. O house of Israel. And then shall my revelations, which I have caused to be written by my servant John, be unfolded in the eyes of all the people. Remember, when ye shall see these things, ye shall know that the time is at hand, that they shall be made manifest in very deed. So, when the end time exodus commences, 
the fullness of the gospel will be taken to gather Israel. And in that gathering, in that missionary work, Joseph Smith brings back with him the book of the 12 apostles, which is the full record of the New Testament, which has been highly redacted, has had many books removed from it, has had the doctrine of Christ, and in it is a full and plain explanation of the book of Revelations. And this will stand hand in hand with the Book of Mormon unto the convincing of the Gentile nation. The separation will have already have happened among Latter-day Saints. And then the house of Israel. And he will also bring with him the record of the prophets or the full translation of the Old Testament. And this will also stand with the Book of Mormon to the convincing of the Jews of the fullness of the gospel. And so it will be on the end time exodus that these prophecies will be fulfilled. Again, verse 15. Behold, when ye shall rend that veil of unbelief, which does cause you to remain in your awful state of wickedness and hardness of heart and blindness of mind, then shall the great and marvelous things which have been hid up from the foundation of the world from you. Yea, when ye shall call upon the Father in my name with a broken heart and contrite spirit, because the doctrine of Christ will be taken to you and will be taught to you in power and authority with the Book of Mormon, with the full record of the prophets, the Old Testament, and with the full record of the 12 apostles or New Testament. And this new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit is found in both Old and New Testament records, as well in the Book of Mormon. Then shall you know that the Father hath remembered the covenant which he has made unto the fathers, O house of Israel, meaning the gathering of Israel, the marvelous work and a wonder, which commences on the end time exodus. When Joseph Smith returns, gathers out the strength of the Lord's house among Latter-day Saints, and brings the full translations of ancient scripture. And then shall my revelations, which I have caused to be written by my servant, John be unfolded in the eyes of all the nations because we'll have the book of the 12 apostles. Remember when ye see these things, ye shall know that the time is at hand, that they shall be made manifest in very deed. Therefore, when ye shall receive this record, ye may know that the work of the father has commenced upon all the face of the land. Therefore, repent, all ye ends of the earth, and come unto me, and believe in my gospel, and be baptized in my name. For he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And the sign shall follow them that believe in my name. And blessed is he that found, that is found faithful unto my name at the last day. For he shall be lifted up and dwell in the kingdom prepared for him from the foundation of the world. And behold, it is I that hath spoken it. Amen.